Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And welcome back to Hour 2 of Hardline. Brenda Alacy with you in my uh, home studio here in beautiful downtown Williamsville. And Joe Beamer back at the station. And uh, we are pleased to bring in for the first time on Hardline, Josh Reed, who is the WIVB Sports Director. And uh, Josh, welcome. Thanks for joining us on Hardline this morning. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you're having a good Sunday. Yeah, so far so good. It's a beautiful Sunday, the last Sunday in August, and that means that we would usually be talking about uh, the Bills' regular season uh, opening in a couple of weeks, and yet there are so many other issues that uh, are in front of us right now, Josh. So why did you get your perspective on what you're seeing on how the sports world and the political world are intersecting with boycotts and, and players coming out and talking about uh, different issues, political issues of the day. Uh, it struck me that uh, Jerry Hughes, uh, who is a D lineman for the Bills, of course, uh, had some very poignant comments the other day, and I wanted to get your take on it. I know you covered that. And I'll, I'll just summarize, and then if you could just add uh, what you heard. Jerry Hughes said, I'm a 6'2 black man with curly hair, and you know when I take my uniform off, when I take my helmet off, that's how people see me. So I think he was making the point that he is viewed as a black man in today's world, which is probably not the easiest place to be right now. What was your take on it, Josh? Yeah, Jerry Hughes, um, you know, he spoke via Zoom with with reporters last week. um, and And it was by no mistake that it ended up being Jerry Hughes that the Bills sent out in front of us because Jerry is a just, he is so in tune with everything that's going on in, in, in social issues, you know, around our country right now. Um, he's just, he, he's so poignant in his comments and just, he, you know, he, like you mentioned, he talked about how, you know, when he takes the uniform off, he has to deal with the same things and prejudices that his uncle and his cousin and his father had to deal with. Um, you know, that, that Bills jersey, once it comes off, you know, like you said, he, he mentioned, you know, I'm a 6'2 black man with curly hair, and 
you know, that's the way I'm looked at. And it's, he, I'm telling you, it was, it was incredible to listen to him speak on it. I mean, it was captivating. Um, he's just, he, I, I really hope that when his football days are done, that he gets into some sort of political arena or, you know, does something along those lines, because he is a guy that when you speak to, you go, this guy can have an impact around this country, you know, on a, on a huge level. Um, he was, like I said, he was great to listen to. Um, and, and like, there was no mistake that that the bills picked him because we only get two players every day via zoom. And um, it was by no mistake that they wanted him to be out and be the voice, you know, of, of everything that's going on right now and be the voice of that locker room. Uh, Josh, what else did Jerry say that, you know, he talked about uh, what's happening today and what his life is like. Did he offer any uh, input in terms of how things should change or possible solutions, what he may be doing in his position where he's a well-known public figure and a man with a lot of money for that matter? He, he is a person that always, always talks about voting. I mean, always. He is a firm believer in the only way to change things or to have your voice truly heard is to vote. And he, and he dives deep into it. He'll say that I'm not talking about just voting in a presidential election. You know, he'll push the, you need to vote on a local level. That's how, that's what you need to do in order to be heard. And it's, like I said, he, he is big on that. And I, you know, I think that's one of the things that he's trying to do in the community is make sure people are aware of, Hey, you know, get educated and go vote, you know, get, get out there. And this is your polling place. You know, this is where, you know, you need to go to vote. So yeah, that was, that was kind of his big, it always has been, you know, when, when social uh, issues come up, he always kind of goes back to the voting thing. And, you know, if you want your voice heard, you know, this is, this is how you do it. Josh, are the Bills planning any kind of demonstration in the next few weeks or maybe at the season opener? You know, Sean's been asked that a couple of times. Um, and he said, you know, that it's, it's an ongoing discussion. Um, Sean is a big, you know, my door's always open to my players kind of guy. You know, he says it all the time, and it's not just him. The players say that about him. Um, the, the, the door's always open. Um, you know, a lot of teams last week decided to, in light of everything going on, I shouldn't say a lot, you know, several teams around the NFL decided to postpone practice last week. The Bills decided to go ahead and hold their scrimmage as planned. But a chance to talk to defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, obviously a black man, and he was so so good because he we he, we asked you know why did you guys how hard was of a decision was that to go ahead and practice, and he said that the night before Sean McDermott had everybody in the locker room and they had a talk, they they, they had an open forum, and that everybody was listened to, everyone had a voice. Everyone was able to share their opinion, you know, whether it was on social issues or the plan going forward or, like you said, demonstration, you know, how they could push everything along, you know, help, you know, be a part of the solution, if you will. Um, and Leslie said that's what made the decision to practice 
pretty easy because they had already gone over everything. They, they already had their quote-unquote plan. So, um, yeah, the, but right now it doesn't sound like they have anything that we've been informed of. You know, they may have something planned, you know, that they just haven't told us about. Right now it's kind of an ongoing, you know, talking point, it sounds like, within the locker room and inside the organization. Now, on a national level, Josh, you know, we saw the NHL sit out two days, the NBA sit out three days, uh, certain MLB teams. Do you know what the players feel like was accomplished by that boycott? Well, you know, the NBA in particular is in a a really, really tricky situation. The NHL kind of dropped the ball a little bit because – they played all these games. They got a lot of pressure, including from one of their own guys, Evander Kane, who, you know, Buffalo sports fans are very aware of who Evander Kane is. You know, he, said, he called out the league for continuing to play, and then they pushed pause. Um, the NBA, they are in a really tricky situation because they're, they're really caught in this between like a rock and a hard place because, okay – leave the bubble, which they talked about doing, boycott the rest of the season. The problem is no more cameras, no more microphones to get your voice out. You know, you you go home, you lose that. Now, you still have your social media platforms and everything like that. Let's face it, that's where a lot of people go for information. But you lose that day-to-day reporter being near, being around, you know, a camera, a microphone. But – you know, how often have we all said, man, I really like sports because it's three hours to just kind of get away and I don't have to think about work and I don't have to think about, you know, my kid needing braces and how I'm going to have to come up with that money. And, you know, it's, it's an escape for everyone, right? That's, that's, what we, that's kind of a way we look at sports. Well, the NBA players were caught in that spot where they, don't, they didn't want to be an escape. They, didn't, they don't want to be a distraction. They don't, like, that's, that's not what they want. They, you know, they want people to continue to focus on what's important because there's a lot more important things right now than basketball going on in our country. Let's face it. We know that, right? They know that. Everyone knows that. But, you know, if they leave and they completely stop playing, then their voice gets muffled a little bit. So they were just in a, weak, just in a rough situation, and I love the solution they came up with. You know, not a solution. That's definitely, you know, too big of a word. But I love that one of the things they decided to do was making the NBA arenas polling places. That, that's, that is awesome because how often, you know, or how, how many of these are in cities, right, where we talk about how, you know, maybe some, you know, that, that group of people – you know, maybe have a little trouble, a little more trouble finding pooling places and stuff like that. Well, now you're, it's an arena. You know, it's a little more accessible for everyone. Brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, Josh, it shines a light on the need to vote and to be a participant and not just sit back and watch the world go by. You know, there are people of two minds about this, and I struggle with it, too. I'm thinking, really, what difference does it make what athletes have to say? And I do need that distraction of three hours uh uh, for the the Bills or when the Sabres come back or any other games. I mean, I've been a sports fan my whole life, and 
worked as a sports producer, producer for a number of years. So it, sports has been a big part of my life. Yet on the other hand, I heard a quote from Elaine Vigneault, who, from the NHL coach, who said, he doesn't pay attention to what's going on in the outside world. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> How deep can you put your head in the sand? And that's when I started to think, they do need to use their position as a forum. I mean, do you go back and forth like that as well? Um, not really. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I've changed maybe on that a little bit in the last year, two years when things have just really, I feel like gone a little bit more sideways. Um, and, and, and now it's like, all right, wait a second. I mean, here's the thing, you know, when they're on the court, it's not like they stop, call a timeout, grab a microphone and start talking about political issues. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's still, you're still watching a sport and, you know, you're still able to get that quote unquote break from everything. But I, I, I really like the fact that the athletes now are speaking out because, you know, I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day because we go back and forth on, you know, I, I grew up with Michael Jordan, right? As far as like, you know, watching him play. I'm originally from Northeast Ohio, so I'm a big LeBron James fan. So, you know, there's always the debate. LeBron, Michael Jordan. LeBron, Michael Jordan. Right. But you could debate on the court all day long. You can never, ever, ever debate on what LeBron has done for social issues versus what Michael Jordan did. Because one of his famous things for Michael Jordan is, hey, Democrats and Republicans all buy sneakers. that's true and i'll tell you his documentary which i was riveted to uh really showed how his whole life was consumed by basketball i mean it was not about social issues at all even when he played baseball yes but josh we both know the best the best timeout mic grab was buzz williams when he told the student section to quit cussing that was awesome. Yes, that is great. <laughs> now, I want to know, in the sports world, uh, because this came up yesterday here at the station, uh, I'm sorry, on Friday, it, it is already Sunday, um, that only 20% of NBA players are registered to vote. Has that come out at all in discussions in the sports world? Um, see, now, now you say in the NBA? In the NBA, yeah. Well, NBA. last election. Yeah, okay, see, because I don't, you know, we cover the NBA at such arm's length, you know, we have the Raptors kind of at arm's length. I, to be honest with you, I hadn't heard that number. Um, so, and, and I'd be interested to see what the NFL looks like, that number. Um, and that's something that now I'm going to have to look up when I get it. And now you've given me homework. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, a, that's a very interesting number. And, I mean, hopefully – Right. Hopefully that this kind of gives the NBA players a reason to go, hey, you know what? We all got to get together. You know, we can't just talk about it. We got to be about it. Right. You hear that a lot. We can't talk about it. We got to be about it. So, okay, if that if that number is true and that the last election, it was 20 percent, then that number needs to go way up. Clearly way up. Now, I would also know. I mean, I would like to know the number of foreign players. The, the percentage of foreign players, because there are a lot of foreign players in the NBA, a lot of foreign players in the NBA. So I also wonder how that factors in. 
We're talking with Josh Reed, sports director at Channel 4, WIVB-TV. And, and Josh, you're covering the, the Blue Jays in Buffalo. Who would have ever thought we'd be talking Major League uh, Baseball at Salem Field? Uh, a very bizarre year we're having here in 2020 with not only the social unrest, but a pandemic. And here they are playing in Buffalo. What are you hearing from the MOB guys and uh, coaches and management about what's been happening with uh, the Black Lives uh, Matters movement? Yeah, I I really thought um, a little bit, you know, not exactly Blue Jays-wise, but I really thought what the Mets did um, a couple of days ago was pretty, pretty like almost gave you chills watching it. You know, they, they went out on Jackie Robinson Day um, and had a moment of silence for 42 seconds, left the field. Um, you know, I thought that was pretty – you know, interesting that that's the way they decided to, you know, kind of show their solidarity and trying to push, you know, you know, push, you know, social issues to the forefront. Um, you know, as far as the Blue Jays go, um, you know, they've been they've they've been very much like the rest of the Major League Baseball teams, you know, very much, you know, pro, you know, hey, let's let's stick together on this. Let's, you know, the, the Boston Red Sox, you know, that um, last week when they were here in Buffalo, they were the originator of the, Hey, we don't think we should play tonight. And the blue Jays came together with them and said, yeah, we're good with that. You know? And then they, I I love the fact that the blue Jays and the Red Sox released a joint statement about, canceling that first game of the series. I thought that was pretty cool because a lot of times you'll get statements from one team and then a statement from another team. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty unique that we saw a joint statement from two major league baseball teams, you know, kind of saying, Hey, we we've come together and we've decided that this is what's in the best interest of, of our baseball teams. Now, I want to talk a little about COVID and how that's affected the sports world. Uh, College football, we saw kickoff last night, which I, for one, was excited. Uh, My team doesn't start till September 19th, but that's a whole different story. Um, But we see this back and forth with the Big Ten. Now, I know, just like the NBA, we're not really in Big Ten country. uh, But do you know where that's going? Is the Big Ten actually now thinking of playing this season, this year? Yeah, you know what? The most recent kind of story out there and that's being floated and the idea is that they could possibly start a season Thanksgiving week and play a shortened eight-game season, um, which, you know, look, it, I, is, if it's safe, sweet. <laughs> Sign me up. I, I mean, we're so used to seeing the NFL on Thanksgiving. You add some college football on there for me. I'll take seconds of that and the turkey and the stuffing and anything <laughs> else that you can put on my plate. Uh, just load me up because, yeah, I would be one happy camper. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the Big Ten is just in this weird limbo where they pulled the plug and you feel like it was pretty reluctantly done. You know, it wasn't like they pulled the plug and said, no, like this is – you feel like they pulled the plug and then sat there, you know, the, they stood there and looked at the outlet in the wall with the plug in their hand still going, hmm, <laughs> I wonder if there's a way to plug this back in if we have to. 
So, um, so it's, it's really, really intriguing how they're trying to navigate it. Obviously the ACC and the SEC, you know, they have different thoughts about it. And, you know, I just, if they play, you know, I think everybody feels the same way if they play and you just hope it's safe. You just hope that nothing bad happens and it's safe and that, you know, it goes off without a hitch. You know, that's how I feel about the Bills' upcoming season. There's so much hope and uh, excitement and anticipation for uh, a winning season. Finally, it looks like Josh uh, Allen is coming into his own and things are exciting and you got Stefan Diggs. I, you know, I can't wait. And yet I fear that maybe that something will happen with the season. Um, I do want to ask you, Josh, before we close, uh, one of Sean McDermott's favorite quotes, and I know you like it too, is being comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, how do you think he means it? Is it in regard to the season? Is it in regard to the political unrest? Is it all of the above? I think he means it in my interpretation of it, because I love that thing. He has a lot of catchphrases and, you know, the big one right now for the team, like the motto, quote unquote, which he has a different one every year is kind of, it's find a way, which, Mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty that's a pretty good one for 2020, right? Find a way. That's pretty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we're all just trying to find a way, right? Um, no doubt. It, but but the being comfortable, being uncomfortable, to me, the way I put it, the way I look at it is right now what I'm doing. I, I'm not a political guy. When you called me and said, hey, what do you think about coming on the show? I thought, Oh, that's a little uncomfortable because I don't really do politics, but I thought, you know what, this is, this kind of applies, you know, be comfortable being a little uncomfortable, right? Like, you know, it's okay. Everybody, you know, my big thing is people need to do a little more listening and a little less talking, you know, everybody just kind of, I just wish everybody would just take a little deep breath and just go, okay. You know, if we don't agree on something, it's, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. It's just we don't don't agree. It's fine. It's not going to be – we don't have to hate each other because it's – 100%. Well said, Josh. That's exactly how I think. It's too much of this, well, you disagree, I'm just going to completely stop talking to you and unfollow you on anything. That's that's not the way to handle things. No, that's not how you, that's not how you figure things out. I mean, if we – you know, let's face it. If, if everyone always agreed on everything, the, the earth would be flat. And it would be so boring. We'd be going, hey, the Earth's still flat, right? Because don't anybody say that it's round? <laughs> because that would be, you know. But yeah, Sean's big thing is be be comfortable being uncomfortable, and I love that saying. I just think that, you know, if we were all a little more that way and a little more and had a little more ability to wrap our arms around that thought, I, I think we'd all, all of us, me included, we'd all move in the right direction quicker. I love, I love their philosophy, and sometimes those catchphrases really hit home. And Josh, ten seconds left. What are you thinking for the uh, for the Bills season? Feeling optimistic as I am. I think that as long as this season's played, uh, this is a twelve win team. I mean, that's a lot of wins in the NFL, and this this team is good. And they're this offense is going to be exciting. They're going to score some points, so. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch for sure. As Can't wait. As it goes as long as it happens, right? Yes, yes, it's a big if these days. Josh Reed, thank you so much for being uncomfortable with us, and I really appreciate you joining us. It was great. I lo- I loved being uh, comfortably uncomfortable with you guys. <laughs> it's Josh Reed, WIVB Sports Director, talking about sports and. Uh, 
the world of politics and social unrest. Congressman Brian Higgins joins us next. We'll be back right after this quick news update. Just one more thing. I have to admit to a faux pas. Tom in Buffalo called in. I did not agree with where he was going with this call, and I hung up on him. Tom in Buffalo, if you are still listening, I am inviting you to call anytime tomorrow between 3 and 7. We obviously have some disagreements. I would love to have an extended conversation with you. So if you're free sometime tomorrow between 3 and 7, give me a call. We'll put you at the top of the line, and we will talk about our obvious disagreements. So I apologize. That was a unprofessional faux pas from immature Joe Beamer. I uh, just wanted to address that. Brian Higgins is... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Next after news. Welcome back. It's Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Yes, David Bellavia back tomorrow. And shameless plug here before we get to the congressman. I'm in for Tom Bowerly again this week, three to seven. So uh, you won't want to miss that. It is Hardline with Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy. And we are joined this segment by Congressman Brian Higgins. Congressman, good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. Oh, thanks for being here. Uh, first, want to talk about the Skyway. There was a uh, report released and two options, a highway option and a boulevard option. And you prefer the boulevard option. Uh, tell us a little more about that. Well, um, the Skyway is almost 65 years old. It's outlived its usefulness to our community. <clears throat> it is. It has a number of safety problems uh, that would render that. Uh, you know, something that couldn't be approved for use today. So, you know, for the first time in, you know, 60 years, more than 60 years, we have an option. And I think we should exercise that option. And uh, the boulevard option would be at grade. It would open up access uh, to the Outer Harbor, which, as you know, is developing. We're adding two new parks early next year uh, to the Outer Harbor to bring that to about you know, 770 acres of parkland open space at the Outer Harbor. Uh, but right now, uh, for example, the South Buffalo Population Center, which is about 50,000 people, you can't get from there to the Outer Harbor safely because of the Tiff Street Bridge. Uh, it has uh, four lanes of traffic and a five-foot 
wide bike path, which is just a pavement marking. So it's very, very unsafe. The boulevard option will look at bike access, pedestrian access as a forethought, as a priority uh, before everything else. So you will see a linear park that is separated from uh, vehicular traffic so as to encourage people that want to run, walk, bike uh, to the Outer Harbor from the South Buffalo Population Center. So that's a big, big improvement. And uh, I think, you know, the days of expressways like the Skyway, like the Kensington Expressway, like the Skijakwood Expressway, like the Robert Moses Parkway, which in truth was never a parkway, it was an expressway. Uh, those days are over. You know, that was the 1950s American obsession with building expressways, including in Buffalo. And we gave up, you know, 80 acres of Olmstead Parkland, including Frederick Olmstead's grandest uh, uh, parkway, which was Humboldt Parkway, uh, to facilitate the construction of an expressway. Uh, the population of Buffalo was 580,000 when the Skyway was built uh, in 1954, completed in 1956, at a cost of about $15 million. Today, the population of Buffalo is 325,000 less. It's 255,000. So I just think that when you look at, you know, what's occurring in Buffalo today, we are once, as you know, uh, an industrial working waterfront. And that was prior to the opening of the St. Lawrence Seaway in 1959. Now all of the industry that was once located along the Buffalo River, which required the Skyway to be 300 feet above the water's surface, all of that's gone. So, you know, we used to have lake freighters in there uh, bringing in raw material and finished product. Now we have kayaks, canoes, and recreational boating. And the Buffalo River Corridor... Uh, is changing profoundly, uh, as is, you know, the the state, the environmental state of the Buffalo River. You know, at one point, you know, we had all kinds of, of dead zones where aquatic life could not be sustained because of the pollution from toxic chemicals that were dumped. Uh, all of that's being cleaned up now, and federal officials are saying that the Buffalo River will be swimmable in five years, and the fish that are caught there safe for human consumption. So the point is, Buffalo is changing profoundly, and uh, this presents uh, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, literally, uh, to change the transportation infrastructure uh, in a way that is uh, consistent uh, with the new Buffalo. Congressman, great to have you with us this morning. And uh, we talked about how obsolete the structure is now and uh, not safe because it wouldn't be built under uh, regulations from state and federal safety standards. And yet there are more than 42,000 cars on average daily, according to reports, that cross the Skyway. Is there any concern on your part about the safety issue for folks who travel the Skyway currently? Without question. Uh, Brenda, I'm a politician. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do anything that is going to, to make people's lives that much more difficult. I'm in at least my objective, my goal is to try to make people's lives better, uh, more pleasant, more convenient. I think there's a couple of things going on. One is you have technology, which would give us the opportunity, which will be a big part of this project for what they refer to as synchronized 
signaling. In other words, using the new technology, newest technology, uh, to reduce wait times uh, that people now experience on streets like South Park Avenue, Seneca Street, uh, uh, William Clinton, uh, Broadway, uh, Sycamore, uh, and uh, uh, Genesee Street. Uh, people gravitate to the superstructure like the Skyway because they want to avoid the inconvenience of having to stop and start you know, 15, 20 times on our way down to downtown Buffalo. That's going to change, uh, and that's a big part of this project. So, for example, in the city of Pittsburgh, they have gone to a synchronized signaling system, and wait times at intersections have been reduced by 40%. 40%. Uh, commute times generally have been reduced by 25%, and auto emissions uh, in the urban environment have been reduced by 20%. So better utilization of the infrastructure that we already have. And as I mentioned previously, uh, the city's infrastructure, Buffalo's infrastructure, everything was built to move a population of 580,000. Today, that population is 255,000. So that presents us with a lot of opportunities uh, to change the way we move. Secondly, which is very, very important in this pandemic, uh, as you know, a lot of people out of necessity are working remotely. They're not reporting physically to buildings that used to house, you know, a lot of employees. Uh, that's going to change forever. So what we know or what we knew as rush hour traffic will never be the same. Uh, a lot of people will continue to work remotely. Uh, additionally, a lot of big businesses in Buffalo, and I've talked to to a lot of, you know, the, the, the leadership of those businesses, they're looking at staggered scheduling. So in other words, some people will start at 6 a.m., some people will start at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and obviously work a full day. And this is designed to keep people from congregating in large groups and things like elevators, etc. But that also profoundly uh, changes what we have known to be rush hour. Uh, uh, so that staggered scheduling, uh, new technology, uh, will all accrue to, I think, the benefit of this proposal, but others as well. Let's Expressway. You know, right now, for the past five years, as you know, uh, that um, uh, the speed limit on the Skajakra Expressway has been reduced to 30 miles an hour for five years uh, because of a terrible tragedy that really had nothing to do with speed. But the reality is... Um, the, the Kensington Expressway today, because it's 30 miles an hour, is no quicker or faster a commuter route than the adjacent side streets. So we're going to bring that down to a parkway. We're going to bring back, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the connection uh, to Delaware Park that was severed. Uh, because the uh, Skajako Expressway was constructed there. We're also going to have very generous, very generous bicycle lanes, uh, walking, uh, running lanes, uh, all of those things that, that, you know, again, give us the opportunity uh, to take advantage of how our lives have changed and many of the changes that will be permanent. And again, the synchronized signaling system will be a big part of this project, and that will make, you know, commuting in Buffalo very, very different. But I would argue 
much more efficient, much more pleasant, and without uh, a significant loss of, of time in terms of, of, of the commute. And keep in mind, all of that within the environmental impact study process has to be tested. So, you know, we're not, as I said, uh, I, I'm a politician. I'm not looking to, to inconvenience people. I'm looking to try to create the circumstances whereby their uh, commute experience in post-pandemic Buffalo uh, will be improved. And, and pandemics change cities. I mean, we in Buffalo had a cholera uh, pandemic uh, uh, in the middle part of the 19th century. It came in four waves, five waves, from 1832 to 1855. And it killed, you know, uh, disproportionately uh, the newly arrived Irish population that were living in the old First Ward more out of prejudice than out of choice. Because at that time, unlike today, the closer you lived to water, the poorer you were. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, you didn't have the, the sewer and water infrastructure that you do today. The point is, Frederick Olmsted came to Buffalo uh, about 10 years later to design arguably the greatest park system in the entire country. But what people don't realize about Olmsted is long before he was a landscape architect, he, he came to landscape architecture late. He was a public health nurse in the Civil War. He lost his first son to cholera. And Olmsted believed in the healing power of parks and that's what influenced him to build uh along with his his collaborator in new york city central park which is 850 acres and then the olmstead park system in buffalo which is 850 acres because you know being in a park after you know you went through a pandemic like cholera uh, which incidentally is the longest running uh, uh, pandemic uh, in the world. It's still uh, uh, very evident in, in, in the continent of Africa and places like South Sudan and Chad and, and, and other countries. Uh, but that's what happens when when you go through a pandemic like we're going through now. It's going to change things. Look at the the surge in in, in bicycle use. You know, all of the manufacturers can't keep up with the demand. Uh, all the, you know, the, the, the retail operations can't keep up with the demand. That's not going to change, uh, uh, you know, post-pandemic when we get out front of this thing and, and are able to manage it. So what we should do is create the kind of city, the kind of city that, that you know, people want and, 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 and want to enjoy. And, uh, you know, bicycle access, protected quality, more bike, more green more pedestrian, and that's what's going on throughout the entire country. And I just think Buffalo, we are in a very, very unique position right now uh, to take uh, full advantage of that. Interesting that you bring that up about bikes, uh, Congressman. I have a friend who started a uh, bike repair business uh, almost uh, on a lark. He was getting requests from friends, and he said, you know, I, I can identify a real niche here. He cannot keep up. <laughs> he simply cannot keep up. It's so busy. Uh, our seasons feel so short, and yet many people ride their bike maybe 10, 11 months out of the year here in western New York. So, uh, and, and I, I loved your, your trivia about Frederick Law Olmsted. I had no idea that he was a nurse 
prior to you know his landscape architecture career and i think it's particularly fitting right now because i tend to want to go outside as much as possible and stay socially distant from people and i find there's some um, it's almost like therapy to be in a park setting it's i find it very soothing and therapeutic to be around greenery and just walk and and feel nature so I'm so happy to hear that there will be more of that um, around the Skyway area and that things will continue to evolve around Delaware Park. But back to the, the Boulevard concept for a moment. Do you feel like there's equal parts functionality and aesthetics uh, with this plan uh, at this point? I, I do. I do. And I think that that's the test and we have to meet that test. Uh, and if we don't, uh, the project wouldn't be approved. And all of this has to go through a review whereby, you know, it's an environmental impact. And, and the impact uh, to the environment also has to do with the impact on people's quality of life. And as I said, I'm in the business of, of trying, at least trying. We sometimes fall short uh, for certain. But uh, I'm always, you know, trying to just make Buffalo better uh, in Western New York better. And I think, you know, the next two years, including this project, will change Buffalo for the next hundred years. And I, and I believe strongly, strongly that it will be for the better and much, much better. And we should be encouraging people to get out on bikes, as, as you mentioned, Brenda, because, you know, it's good for public health. And, and, and when people have access to parks, and that was the Olmstead uh, influence, as I said, he believed deeply and the healing power of parks. And he was affected deeply by a pandemic where he lost his kid. Uh, so that's what influenced him. It wasn't just creating beautiful landscapes. It was creating open space, uh, fresh air, uh, abundant sunlight, all the things that people are looking for right now. And keep in mind, I, I mentioned the other day we were down at, uh, uh, you know, the Centennial Park, the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Centennial Park, you know, Ralph Wilson, in his great generosity to our community, is his vision was very Olmsteadian because his vision is all about making parks accessible to underserved communities. So not only creating beautiful parks, but creating them in close proximity to poor neighborhoods so that those neighborhoods and the people that live there, uh, they too will have uh, access uh, to the abundance of fresh air, the, 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 uh, the abundance of, of sunlight, and, and, and the, the, again, the, the healing uh, power of parks. You know, why is it that, that we have health disparities in, in the black community of Buffalo? They have been hit harder by COVID-19 uh, nationally and in Buffalo uh, more than any other community. Well, you know what? At least part of that is Humboldt Parkway, the grandest parkway of the entire uh, Olmsted Park system was obliterated. Uh, for what? To facilitate the construction of the Kensington Expressway. That has to be fixed in the post-pandemic Buffalo. And, and I'm fortunate to be in a position where, you know, 80% of the funding for these projects, uh, the Jackwood at the Skyway, uh, the, Kens the Kensington and the restoration of parks and parkways is going to come from the federal government. And the House, within the past uh, four months, approved a $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill, which will pay for these kinds of projects. And by the way, 
uh, it still has a long way to go. The Senate has to do a bill, and the president would have to sign it into law. But all appropriations bills uh, constitutionally uh, originate out of the House of Representatives. But just to give you the scope of that, uh, the New Deal uh, infrastructure investment in America was done in three iterations between 1933 and 1939. That was $41 billion at the time. In today's dollars, that's $675 billion. If we do uh, the $1.5 trillion bill, which I'm confident that we will, that would be more than twice the money that we spent in rebuilding America uh, after the Great Depression. Congressman, you know, I like talking the Skyway with you because that's one thing that we agree on. Uh, I want to take it to national politics to finish things up here. With everything that's going on, uh, we saw in Wisconsin. Um, now, now, I want your general thoughts on that. But first, I, I want we see a lot of people jumping to conclusions, not waiting for an investigation. And the lieutenant governor of Wisconsin saying that an investigation isn't necessary to know what happened. I'd like your thoughts on that. Well, anytime you have a tragedy, I don't know what you know killing you're talking about because, as you know, there have been several. Uh, they should all go through a thorough investigation. Uh, here's here's what I know. Here's what I know. Uh, you know, people have a constitutional right to demonstrate, and they have a constitutional right of free speech. Uh, the policing community in Buffalo and throughout the nation is a law enforcement agency. They enforce. Uh, people's right to peacefully demonstrate and to peacefully uh, express their views, regardless of what they are. So I think we need to reset, we need to reestablish uh, those principles, because, you know, police officers at a demonstration are there to protect the very people that are demonstrating. I don't know where these uh, these people are coming from, that are causing trouble within the context of these peaceful demonstrations. But I do know that, again, you and I can disagree on a lot of issues, but I think the one thing that we agree with is your right to, to, to speak freely and your right to assemble and to demonstrate peacefully. 100% Congressman. I just want to, in the Jacob Blake situation, though, we've had a lot of politicians uh, coming out with an opinion without actually knowing facts, like an investigation. And that's on the right and left. I'm not saying either way uh, when it comes to the situation. But in the Jacob Blake shooting, we don't know the facts yet. An investigation has not been performed. Do you think it's irresponsible for politicians to speak out before we know all the facts? Uh, I think, you know, again, it's not my role to keep from somebody from speaking their opinion. I think in these kinds of situations, uh, we need more light and less heat. And I think that an investigation is very, very important. Uh, you need to know what the circumstances were surrounding the buildup to this. You need to know what happened and why to the best extent that you can reconstruct uh, those kinds of, 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 of facts. And I think that if we, uh, if we have more light uh, than heat, uh, we will all be better off. And I think uh, a full investigation uh, about that situation and about situations that may occur here in Buffalo uh, serves the best interests of everybody involved. Congressman Brian Higgins, always great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday morning. 
Thanks very much. Take care. Thank that you. is Congressman Brian Higgins joining us. Brenda, as always, those two hours just fly right by. Certainly a packed show today. Everybody from Vic Martucci, Josh Reed, Congressman Higgins. And uh, Joe, I wish you a, a beautiful rest of the day. Thanks to everybody who tuned in, who called, and who texted. And Brenda, we get to see each other next Saturday. Absolutely. The big wedding is on tap. And uh, <laughs> looking forward to Sandy Beach's wedding and Bernadette Pollock. Yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. Brenda and I are taking a week off. We'll be back. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Everyone have a great week. We'll be back here live tomorrow with Susan and Brian at 5, David at 9, Rush at 12, and yours truly at 3 o'clock. Have a great Sunday afternoon. Enjoy the weather. Buffalo, stay safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.